You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy. Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dub Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm really excited. It's the end of the year. Well, I go by, I start the new year in December, so I'm already almost a month in, but I do my beginning of the year topics in December and then again in January for your traditional list, and we are wrapping up the year of Gold Chat Lives, the, the traditional calendar one, talking about missions and mottos. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm author of your goal guide and creator of the Deb Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I'm all about helping people figure out what they want and how to get it. And you need that foundation, which is why this time of year, I think, is so important because that's how you kind of run into the new year and be able to take it by storm. And for today's conversation, I have two awesome women. I have Michelle Hayward, who we became friends on Twitter, and we just met via video for the first time, like, 10 minutes ago. So I'm really, I love it when we can take those conversations off of social and let other people watch us talk. So Michelle, I'm really excited to have you here. Erin Longman, we just met a couple months ago, but I feel like I've known you for like ages. And yeah. I talk about the powerhouse. These are, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Talk about powerhouse team to really help get you motivated and inspired to embrace or create your mission and your motto and really start the year on the right foot. And so what I would love to do is let's have each of you introduce yourself uh, because beyond saying that you're awesome, which is true, I would love for the audience to learn a little bit more about you. So Michelle, welcome. Deb, thank you so much for having me transitioning off of Twitter. Even though Twitter does some live streaming, I like this way better. Uh, I'm Michelle Hayward. I run an early stage tech startup called Positive Hire. The mission of Positive Hire is to connect Black, Latina, and Indigenous women who are experienced scientists, engineers, and technology professionals to management roles. And we do that utilizing data analytics, um, data analytics-driven talent marketplace. So that's a whole other thing. 
But I love what I do because my background is actually civil engineering. I built a power grid. So when you think of I bring you light, don't think of GE, think of me. So you (laughs) actually know somebody that was on the ground um, out in soybean fields or on a ranch somewhere with construction crews putting in foundations and erecting steel and pulling the wire. That was me. And so it was definitely a very, very exciting life. But I was called to do something different, which is why we're here talking about missions, right? And so we'll get into that a little bit more, but my mission has driven me into a different direction and it's a second phase of my life. I'll say that, um, being a tail engine Xer and what does that look like and how does, how can mission really change your direction? Um, and so I can't, I'm really excited about this conversation. So when Deb presented it with me, I was like, yes, I'm in, I love this topic. So let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And I love that we're all Gen Xers. So we've all had (laughs) multiple careers at various stages. Mm. I I think I can count three, five, 10. I've done a lot of things, but that's kind of in our nature too. But who we are and what we stand for doesn't change is yeah. how we get out there and present to the world. So really jazzed to have you here. And Erin as well, please introduce yourself and share more about you. All right. I'm Erin Longmoon and I am the founder and CEO of Zephyr Connects. And we help match great employers with great employees. Uh, we work primarily with just small business employers, those with under 50 employees, and we become their fractional recruiting department to help them hire, uh, solve all their hiring needs. Now, we don't focus like you do, Michelle, in the same in in a specific area. We're pretty broad, but uh, we're not necessarily too far apart in our in our space. Um, Zephyr's mission mission, excuse me, is to eradicate toxic workplaces, which is a pretty grand mission that we're on and part of our piece of that mission right now again is to just match like the right people so culture fit uh leadership fit working with the right team you know having the right team member come and join the team really can help mitigate some of that toxicity that can happen if you have the wrong match um but we are expanding on our mission as well into the 2023 and 2024 we've got some great great new services coming up to help uh, further our mission. And yeah, I'm excited about this conversation as well. Awesome. And it really boils down to that, right? The mission, who we are, why we do what we do. So tell me, why do you do what you do, Erin? And, and especially <laughs> with, with the ever-changing workplace, mm-hmm. I mean, toxicity has always been there, but now I feel like everybody's talking about it. Probably yeah. because everybody's talking about it. So, right. Well, so the reason why we're doing what we do, there's so many, there's long stories, short stories about it, but at the core of it is that I really believe that everyone deserves to really enjoy their work. And I don't care what position it is, you know, like you really, we all deserve to get up in the morning and to look forward to what we're going to do that day for our work. And I think that's true for employees. I think it's true for employers. I think life is just too short and we spend way too many of our waking hours as adults on our work. It is what we do. And so I just really think people should not spend more than, you know, a day being unhappy in what they do, you know? So that's sort of at the core of our mission 
And um, because if you, you know, can mitigate toxic workplaces, if you can help place the, pe- the right people in the right job, if you can make the right matches, then that brings about joy and fulfillment and, you know, happiness. And then that ripple effect is pretty massive as well. Uh, you know, the person who enjoys their work goes home in a happy mood, which affects their family. And then that affects, you know, their friends and that affects it, right? And the ripple effect is huge. So that's really at the core of our mission. And, you know, my life story really has brought me to this work, you know, which we don't have time to tell the whole story, but, you know, it really was a, uh, a just a divine path, you know, of, of that has left, led me here to doing this doing what we do. I've worked in many toxic workplaces in the past, like more than the average employee. For, but I truly believe it's because this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Like that was all prep work. It was all prep work and education to get me here. So that's that's a big part of why we have the mission we have. That's amazing. And But that's really how it goes. And I think I said this the, the other day, is I got tired of seeing people complaining about their jobs. So a big part of Deb is, you know, you should be enjoying your work life and your life life. And maybe um, you can't do a lot about one or the other, but if you could fix one or find things that you love about what you do or find something that you love in tandem with the job you're okay with having, that still gives you that fulfillment. Right. Yes, definitely. And so as a person what drives you? Me? You? Um, well, I really care about people. Like at the end of the day, this is all about people to me and having an impact on people's lives, a positive impact. Um, that's both how I'm wired. I'm a humanitarian by nature. I was born that way. Um, but I also, uh, my father was extremely inspirational to me. He's no longer with me, but the, the work that he did in his life and the impact that he made, he was a very, um, you know, small guy is a little short Irishman. And he, on the surface, it looked like he really wasn't doing a whole lot. You know, he just had his job and he went to work and he worked in the racing, like the road racing marathon track and field industry and just played a very small role. But um, on when he passed away, the outpouring of like grief and the, and, and the storytelling about the impact that my father had on literally thousands of people just had the biggest impact on me in that moment, you know, of, of you don't have to do big, huge things to have an incredibly powerful like legacy that you leave and the impact that you have on people. So that sort of shifted my life. That was in 2007. And that really was this interesting wake up call of, I don't want my life to be about anything other than serving others and helping people have joy and happiness in in what they do. So it took a a number of years to get to where I am today, you know, and for all of that to coalesce um, into what, what we're doing at Zephyr and my life's work now, but really at the core of it, that was, that was the big shift and where it came from. What a powerful story. And, but also to like see the signs and say, okay, I get it. Yeah. That's absolutely huge. Um, And then I'll jump over to you in a second, Michelle, because I have to, I have to call it one other thing that you said, which is so important, which you don't have to do big things that the little things add up. And I think that's relevant to everything in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what trips a lot of people up. So (laughs) 
love yeah. that. I'd love to talk more about that if the conversation circles back. Because well, there's definitely more to say about that. That's you know. <laughs> well, you know about what's going on now. So I have a feeling the conversation may indeed go back good. to that. Good, but good, I, good. I would love for you, Michelle, to to jump in and share more about what you do and why. Okay. So I I can say what I do is built more around my experience in corporate America. And so I love what Aaron said about toxic workplaces. And we're talking about it now and they've been going on for forever. I think the, the biggest change has been the accountability, right? Organizations were willing to pay out money if they were sued. Now it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're just going to leave. So you need to get rid of the people that are toxic. Otherwise, you won't have employees. That's different. Yeah. You, can, you can't get your people to stay. You can't get people to come in because now we're talking, right? So 20 years ago, technologies allowed us to share way more information about organizations. And so for those of us that have seen that morph, because it was the beginning of the tail end Gen Xers and older Gen Xers, our careers, we had, we've suffered through a lot of these toxic workplaces because we kept like, am I jumping out of the fire into the fire, out of the frying pan into the fire? And Mm -hmm. so when I went through to build positive hire, it was first out of my experience in corporate America. And I was like, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm further. I learned after talking to some of my classmates, coworkers, former coworkers, who are mostly black women and Latinas, my career progression was better than theirs. I was like, what the hell is really going on? And so I started doing more research and talking to women, especially at that point, it's a lot of engineers and some IT professionals, software developers, software engineers, and what we were experiencing in the workplace. And I thought, well, how do we get this to change? And, you know, what have I done differently than they have? And so that was really what I built Positive Hire on was, number one, we're usually the only the only one in your team, the only one in your apartment, the only one in your mm-hmm. company. So I built community first because where there's a black community, Hispanic community, native community, um, women, community is core to each of us. Each of our values really come from community. And so I literally built online communities and then understanding women was building out something that fit their needs. You're serving your your faith-based organization, you're serving your family, you're doing your job, you're helping your neighbors. You don't have time to jump on something at noon. You're really looking for something to serve you in bite-sized pieces. And so we were doing things, I don't know, on a Monday night at 7 p.m., a webinar. Or we were doing a live stream where you could jump in for 15, 20 minutes and then you're gone. You could ask your questions and, and still engage with other women. And so when I first started Positive Hire, it's really about building community and giving women the tidbits of information they really needed to remain in their career in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, and math, because we were leaving. And so how do I retain them? What did they need to stay in building out the community? And those are the first three things I started out with, because those are core things I was missing. But how did I, but I thought, Everybody was doing better than me because I worked in construction. I was always out of the office. I just had these grand deals. They were around the water cooler. 
talking and getting promotions and raises. And that was not what was going on. And so it didn't make me feel better. It made me like, oh my God, this can't be what reality is. And so that's really what drove me to create Positive Hire was talking to other women being separated for so many years because I worked in construction for 12 years and I worked on site 12 years. I was not in the office. Most of, I would say maybe out of those 12 years, I worked in one hour office, but I was still considered field personnel. And so one year out of 12, um, it, it was very different experience. So I just wanted to build that. And then when it came time and I was telling people what I was trying to do, it's like, oh, that's a tech company. I'm like, no, no, no. See, this is all I want to do. Like, yeah, that's a tech company. I call a friend. Like, you know, in 97, tech was this. When did it become this? Like, yeah, now tech is, you know, data and it's and it's other things. It's predictive analytics and stuff like that. I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm building a tech company because that's not what I... (laughs) I'm an engineer. I'm trying to solve a problem. Around data, and I was like, okay, um, sure, how how do I do this now? Because, Erin, you serve a very important part of the American business group, which is small businesses. And my mom was a small business for over 30 years, and so she's like, oh, Michelle, I do it differently, I do small business. Like, no, that's perfect because they often get overlooked, they're trying to fill roles, seasonal positions is really hard for them. Um, they, they get, you know, good people that stay for four or five years, they leave, they get like, oh, I got to do this all. They have certifications and different training. It is a very, very important part of the American economy because small businesses really fuel the U S economy. Yes, Everybody think it's all these fortune 500s. They do their things, but most of the businesses in the U S are small are small. And so mm-hmm. I really love that, but that's really what drove me. And so the missions are very similar no matter, it's about serving people. And I think that's what women do the best. We look out and see what's going on and how to best serve people. Yeah. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. We're we're definitely nodding. And and so when when I go through Deb, the D is determine your mission. So it's all about who you are, what makes you unique, but that important piece about how you help, that's the thing that I think not not enough people think about. Granted, I think about it all the time, right? As do both right. of you. Because when you've got that driving force, the way you put who you are into the world might be different. But what you mm-hmm. believe in, that stays the same. Exactly. Or expands. Right. So, right. Michelle, do you have, I, I know you both are, are about community and service and helping people because you both care about people. I do too, like theme. Uh, what, if you, do you have a mission statement for yourself as well as your business? I have one, and, and it's interesting you say that. I used to have one years ago for myself. And when I launched Positive Heart, they got intertwined if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, But one of, I have multiple missions. So one of them, I'll I'll say this, is to make being a nerd cool again, especially in the black community. And so I have, have, my youngest niece and nephew are are siblings. The brother's the youngest. And his sister's very much a creative. Um, 
and she has dyslexia. So reading is not she, but she, you give her colors and recipes and they, she will figure it out. Her brother's very analytical and she'll go, you two are weird. Like, how are we weird? Like, <laughs> you, you look at these different weird shows, but he is like, no, I'm a G like he was seven years old calling himself a genius because he knew he could do it. He knew he could figure it out. And it was very much. And she was like, oh, go over there with that sci-fi, you know, the flash and things like that. And so I loved being able to tell him it's OK to like these things and to show him the nerdy side of it. And then my middle niece, um, who's only really a, a couple years older than them. She's been in STEM school. She's been, she does really great at math and she loves it. And she, she is not ashamed of that. And I, and I think showing up as a nerd and talking about being an engineer and building a power grid and them having like Spider-Man when Jamie Foxx played, <laughs> he was an electrical engineer. My brother's electrical, electrical engineer. Like, no, no, uncle does that, but I go and build it. And them finally from a movie kind of, picturing what I do. And so that's one of my missions, like change the face of what an engineer looks like and make it really cool and make it really innovative and fun. Um, and I'm an auntie and not a mommy. And so it gives me that advantage to do crazy things. I'm not like, you shouldn't do that with them. Oh no, I'm the auntie. I get to do this stuff. And so <laughs> that's, that's the other part of, of what I really love is really changing the face of what an engineer looks like and doing these other things with, with, um, with my niece and nephew, even though she's like, ah, I was like, you love to bake. She's like, yes, I'm good at it. And I said, you are. And that's chemistry. She's yeah, like, what? Totally. And it's math. And it's math. Yep. Oh, she'll stop. Stop. I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm. you said you didn't like it, but you're doing it. And so when I say she's a creative, when she was in element, she was making slime and selling it. She's an entrepreneur. She's been, she's on her third or fourth business and she's 15. And so she's like, <laughs> I'm glad you're making money from it. But it's very important to try to teach them, like, the only math is not counting money. There are other things mm -hmm. you do, like what time you have to get up to get to class so you don't miss the bus. And if you want to go to breakfast, like, that's a, that is a word problem. No, it's not. And so, so making things very relatable, I think is the other part of that is making how to make being a nerd cool is how it's really wrapped up into everything we do from the time you get up in the morning to what you're eating. Science, tech and engineering is all math is all wrapped, wrapped up into all of it. Right. Wow, that's I so never, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about it <laughs> that way. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. gee, I wish you were my science teacher. I might have paid more attention. Right. <laughs> I love it. So my daughter is, oh, if I could just chime in. I love oh, the daughter in STEM because I do have a daughter. She's 13. And she's in honors math. So she really gets math and really enjoys it. She's also an incredible artist. So she's got like the visual art and the math thing, which I think is just a really interesting really cool combination but she is the only girl now it's a small class to be she's the only girl and she loves it she's like i she got the highest score on the midterm she's like rocking it above these guys like it's awesome to see her embrace that but you know i know that there are times when i think she does feel a little alone like why i am i the only girl in this class what is going on with the rest of my female classmates and why aren't more here? Uh, which I think is a really great question, you know? So and I love I love what you're about, Michelle. Like, 
yeah, that's it's a powerful and very needed. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just gonna ask, you mean being a nerd isn't cool? I know. <laughs> Everybody I think what people think a nerd looks like. So if you're a, a good nerd, it would be a Steve Jobs, right? Like you have to be this tech guy who's made all this money. Mm. But that nerd is the one that designed the highway. So you don't have a bumpy ride. That nerd mm. is the one who designed uh, uh, or designed um, power lines. So to go underground. So you don't have to worry about when an ice storm comes or wind or a hurricane that you're without power or at least not long because it's... And, and what do they really do? And oftentimes, like a nerd is boring. They do, we do do boring stuff, but it changes people's lives. And that's right. the really, really different thing people don't realize. And so it, it is, it's for some people, nerd, it's better to be an athlete. You know, people, you have that million followers on social because you're doing, it's, it's not exciting for a lot of people. But it is so much different in how we approach problems. It is how we approach solutions and how we get to be creative and bring in different parts of ourselves. But we have these constraints and we are always the best communicators, right? And so for those of us who are like me, not maybe extroverts, but ambiverts who can talk to people and relate to them and break down what science and tech engineering is math, math on a, on a daily basis it can change the viewpoint of that. And, and yeah, so that's why I say it's right now you're competing with a lot of things on social that are not seemingly nerd related mm-hmm. to make them nerd related. So we grew up, we love NASA. A lot of kids don't get NASA. Yeah. We love NASA over here too. <laughs> <laughs> but Oh yeah. It's like, we're the last generation sort of that w- in a large numbers that really right. love what NASA was about. And we want to go, we want the t-shirts and the stickers and stuff like that. And they'll wear it. But it's a, I think we had a different passion that as the Gen X really for it. And I think it's coming back as we're sending, doing more spacecraft work and we have SpaceX and other things that are focused on going outside of the the hemisphere, but it, it changes right? It's a different excitement. So you have to revision and envision what does NERD look like in 2023? We want to call it in 2023. And and also think about as Generation Xers, the nerds of the 80s, right? (laughs) We're now running things. You're welcome, right? right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my God. And and I think it really does go down to to impact. And um, I want to dive more into the little things really add up. But before we do that, uh, Aaron, do you have a personal mission statement to share? No, you and I talked, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know my homework for 2023. It's interesting though that you asked that. I did take a class that was pretty interesting and it did walk us through this exercise. And at the end of it, it really was, I wouldn't call it a mission statement necessarily. I like, I need to massage it. But um, what it came up with was that I feel definitely a part of what I'm here for is to storytell and to, to share, you know, my stories and other people's stories so that people can have an impactful shift, you know, just by sharing the, those audible 
those those story. Oh, I just did a commercial for Audible, didn't I? Inadvertently, those <laughs> uh, but those auditory type stories. And I was just talking to my mother in law about this because we both were really just reminiscing about the power of storytelling and saying it verbally, like not necessarily reading it in an article, not as, you know, but just really listening to someone tell a story. And I know that one of my superpowers or whatever you want to call it is, is sharing and, and, and talking out, you know, talking out loud to people, um, whether it's on a stage or with a small group or whatever in this kind of a platform, and it also just brings me so much joy. And it feels like that's a big part of what my, I'm going to call it, you know, the divine mission, like, you know, whatever you believe um, in, in terms of a higher power. But I do think that there's a, there's a calling there for me to follow. And part of that is to share story. And the whole point, though, is so that it has an impact. It creates impactful shift, right? I don't want to just tell stories for the fun of it, but so that maybe someone has their own like, oh, aha moment or a, you know, connection to the story that I am sharing that allows them to maybe open up their heart more or see something from a different point of view or, you know, whatever, just have some kind of a shift. So I have to massage that, Deborah, into like a real mission statement. But there's something, you know, that's that's where it lies. It lies in there somewhere in that zone. And I feel like we jumped ahead. So for me, you know, creating impact by sharing stories, which I've just attributed to you because you said it, that's almost, it goes into motto category because we've got these long missions that combine who we are, what we do, what makes us unique and how we help. And then that motto really boils it down and creating impact or creating impactful change by sharing stories. So people know that things can be better, different, can embrace whether it is their nerdiness or their creativity, or in a lot of cases, both. But right, to use definitely. that, um, I I love that you were talking about uh, to make being to make being a nerd cool again. Like I said before, I think it's probably always been cool. But again, that's my I always consider myself tech adjacent because I was always friends with the techie people. And then I think I'm probably more technical than I think I am because both my brains like to play the logical and the creative side. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of my missions, I'm always talking about goal setting simplified is my motto, but to change goal culture in and out of the workplace, because I believe um, the small business and the startup owners and even the larger companies that really value the employees enough to care about their personal and professional goals. Those are the ones that are going to succeed because the employees aren't going to go anywhere. Right. So that value, so that impact and also um, the hiking. And I I love, well, I love both of your stories, but (laughs) Michelle, how you were talking about the way that you are with your niece and nephew saying, this is an example. So it really is the storytelling and the nerdiness, like wonder powers activate. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How many people listening just got that reference? I would want to know. Is there a way to show their hands? <laughs> I love that. Yes, and if you got this, you might be a Gen Xer. You might be a Gen Xer. <laughs> so great. So, so let's let's go back to the little things that add up, and and we will go a little bit more into those people mm-hmm. who are having trouble figuring out their mission. Oh my goodness, why am I here? 
but let's go back to impact for a minute. The little things adding up. You said you had more to share on that, Erin. So go. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, that just that sentiment that you don't have to always make these like huge, big impacts. And I think one of the things that our current culture um, is misinforming people of is that, right? Like you need to be an influencer. You have to get on the TEDx stage. You have to write a book. You have to, you have to, have to, have to do all these things in order to have an impact. And I think that that was one thing too, that, you know, I learned not just from my father, but just in life, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I've got enough experience that that is so not true. You don't have to do that laundry list of things. Just those little things do add up and make a huge impact. And, you know, I get, I get just simple stories. Like I, I ran across an old high school friend um, cause that's, you know, I'm old. So an old high school friend on Facebook and I hadn't spoken to her in decades. And, you know, she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited that we reconnected. I just need you to know, do you remember that one time when I was going through a really rough patch? We were post high school at the time, right out of college. She's like, I was going through that rough patch and I didn't really have a place to live in that interim space. And you just opened your home and you let me crash there for a few weeks. She goes, I have never forgotten that. And you have no idea like what that did for me and the view that I had of the world and like how it helped me like, right. And all I did was just let her stay at my house for three weeks. Right. Like that seemed like no big deal at the time to me, I'm just doing my friend a favor. Um, but it clearly had this huge impact that even decades later, she felt, you know, the need to, well, not the need, but that she got the opportunity to share what that did for her and how it made her feel, which was, loved and cared for and supported and like the universe has her back and like the way that it shaped, you know, something that when she was going through a very rough time in her life. So that's a tiny thing, right? And it had this huge impact. So that's just like, and I'm sure we all here and everyone listening has examples of those mini moments or those little things that you can do. So, and I just think that we've got to fight against this idea that we have to have all these things and do all these big, grand, big, big, grand things in order to make a difference. It's just not true so that's that's what I want to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it, it and it's such a good point and and I well you were at my workshop last week and I talked about my 15 minute rule you know 15 minutes it's a lot if you can mm-hmm. do 15 minutes a couple times a week compared to doing nothing right and those who say, oh, well, if I don't have an hour, what's the point? Well, the point is you could do an hour in 15 minute increments. You don't, if you want to write a book, write a book, but you don't need to write a book. You don't need to do, need just to being kind is yes. impact. Yeah, a huge impact. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, like if everybody would just do that, right? Like, do, like if everybody could just do that, right? So much would be. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be in a much different place. Oh, right? Mm-hmm. I, I am so with you. I used to say, you know, a smile, but, you know, with masks, you can't always do that. But even if you smile, it shows in your eyes, right? It does, it is, definitely. Yeah. Mine get all, like, slitty like this when I smile. <laughs> I, I was, you, you reminded me of a Maya Angelou quote. I've learned mm-hmm. that people forget what you said. People will forget what you did but they will never forget how you made them feel. And and so I've had that a similar experience as well. 
where somebody was like, when I started my business, you supported me. I'm like, of course. I was like, exactly what did I do? Like, yeah, you would share my Facebook post. You would comment on them. You would tag people. I was like, okay, you're welcome. But they remember that as saw that support mm-hmm. at a different level. And I thought, that's easy, <laughs> right? That's yeah, right. But to them, it meant the world, you know, and the person has hit 10 years in business. And so they literally told me three years ago, like, you you helped me so much. And so we don't know, like, a literally resharing something for people on social makes the, means the world. Like, my family doesn't even reshare stuff. and But you do consistently. It really does. You showing up for somebody really does matter. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Where are you going with this, Jen? I know. (laughs) And I I usually say nodding and smiling doesn't work so well because this is also an episode of the Deb Show podcast. So if you're listening, thank you for listening. We are nodding and smiling. Um, And I just had to pull up that that Maya Angelou quote because it's so true. And you don't know what people have gone through and especially over the last Mm -hmm. three years some people have had like really good things happen some people have had really terrible things happen a lot of people are more like in the middle up down up down um saying hello and checking in and just sending a quick email saying hey i haven't heard from you in forever that is impact the definition of impact and as a bonus you get to reconnect with people from your past and I always like that it makes them feel good but it makes you feel even better absolutely right Right. yeah and so you both obviously have this mission of being kind and embracing and uplifting people well that's why I do this you know to help inspire people and let them know that you can change your life you can embrace change and make it better, even if it's little things, not necessarily big things. What do you have to say to those people who are like, I'm just going day to day. I don't have a mission. I don't know what's up. What advice do you have for people who need that little kick in the right direction? Aaron? Michelle, you want to tackle that first? You, oh, you want me to go first? Okay. So, um, What would I say? I mean, part of my thing is you're here as far as we know one time. I mean, maybe you get more chances, but we don't know. So certainly not as this person, you know, in this body and this being. So I just feel like that is such an incredible gift that I am given to be here to live. So what do you want to do with that? And maybe you are fine. Just, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't really want to have an impact. That's not me. And that's, I guess I can't say that that isn't, you know, I can't tell someone how to live their their life, right? Like it's truly needs to be your own. Um, But at the same time, I think just don't waste a life. This is an incredible gift. So before you just say, eh, I'm not going to do the mission thing or my life isn't about anything special. I just kind of want to go day to day. Just take that moment and make sure because you only get it once, you know, so take a moment and step back and go, what, what do I, what do I really want from this one life that I am here? You know, how do I want to live it? Do I want to have an impact? It's your choice. You know, that's, 
And you have an impact whether you realize it or not. Exactly. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Make it a good one. Yeah. Very (laughs) simple. Yeah. Right. Well, goal setting simplified. Hello. Um, Michelle, what do you think? You you know, this conversation really took me back to a project I did, construction project I was on back in the early 2000s outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and learned out, it was a four-year, I ended up being in Pittsburgh four years on this project, and there was a laborer, um, no matter what you asked him to do, he he would do it, and come to find out he was literally homeless at the time, and so he would get there and shovel the walkway. We came in, my team... And the client's project team, the white hats, we were all the management people. We didn't pick up tools or anything. Um, we came through a separate gate than all the other contractors and other craft people. But he made sure that walkway was shoveled during the summer. I mean, during the winter. He did all of these things. And it's like he works really hard. And 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 the superintendent, like he he's not really that bright. And he had he had um he didn't know how to read very well. But what you would think was he wanted all the extra money. He wanted a home. And so sometimes when we're thinking people do cleaning a walkway, what made it safer for us. And so you may think the small things you do, people don't notice. And one of the biggest things I can tell that are really important, especially on a construction site in offices and hospitals and school is cleanliness and having a clean workspace workspace not having tripping hazards, slipping hazards, saves people, keeps them safe. And so while you may think what you're doing doesn't matter, the fact that you get up and do a job that a lot of people may think is think, think less, when you don't show up, you matter so much more. And so I think those people who really think what they do on a daily basis doesn't matter, we just may not have realized how thankful we are that you're doing it. And you may be doing it at night or after hours or times when we don't really see you or we see you, but we don't see you. And I, and I want to thank you because you do have value and that mission you may have may, you may think it's just a job and I need to pay my rent, but that mission you have is to help somebody, a doctor in a hospital safely be able to do surgery and tend to patients. It may be a teacher who can come in and not have to worry about overflowing trash and the kids leaving papers behind and dirty tissues or use masks everywhere. You clean that up so she's she or he, they are able to focus on educating the generation, the next generation. And so I really encourage you to think sometimes your mission may not be clear to you, but it's clear to other people. So keep going forward with what you're doing. I love how you put that. Well, let's give it another thing. If you don't know what your mission is, ask someone, they might have the answer for you. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, This started out as a conversation on mission and it Mm -hmm. still is, but I think it's just as much about impact from that mission and from the way we live our lives. Right. Absolutely. Right. And again, it could be good. Why not make it good, right? Can you imagine how much better the world would be if everybody had this, oh, I'm just going to get along with everybody today. Right. (laughs) Okay, that probably would never, ever happen. (laughs) Right. But but think about it. Even the small things, 
mm-hmm. that are going to add up mm-hmm. in your day. You know, read, right, make right. the coffee. Yep. So yeah. as we're we um we're wrapping up the year, we're getting all excited for next year. What are the two of you the most excited about? Um, what would your mission uh, be for 2023? Do you have one of those? Uh, the power word or the power phrase or just something that at the end of next year, you want to be able to say, oh, look what I did. <laughs> you know, I have a word and whatever it is, it is eluding me right now. Don't uh, you love that? It, it is. So what something that we're, we've, we started working on this year in 2022 that we're pushing more in 2023 from the community of women that I work with, they generally have the highest unemployment rate. It doesn't matter if they're, even when you look at science, tech, engineering, and math, women of color have the highest unemployment rate. And so anytime there's a shift in the industry with layoffs and you know reduction in force or whatever you want to call it, I know they're going to be impacted first and at the highest numbers or percentages. And so in the last two years since the murder of George Floyd, we've been seeing more comes to, oh, we're going to hire more Black people you know, at different levels in the organization. Where there's a phenomenon called the glass cliff, where it's a setup to fail people of color, women, who, people who are marginalized. And so what we really are focused on in this mission is really helping women who are on a glass cliff, in a glass cliff position or role, how to help them be successful in it and what can success look like. It doesn't have to be failure, even though somebody has that set up for you to fail, what does that look like? And really building community around that at a different, at another level to help them. So first thing in February, um, every year we do a women of color and STEM virtual summit. We're re- I'm reframing what the glass cliff looks like and how to succeed and win, because that's really has to be different. And then we're going to launch our paid membership around that so they have continuous support. So while we do this, you know, five different speakers come in to really help them build out a strategy and understand how they can win. You still have to have accountability. You still need community mm-hmm. you still need support and having that built in as part of that, because it's been so you're often so alone or you're trying to get help bit pieces piece by piece and usually you're the only other engineer you know I happen to have my brother and a cousin who's also an engineer and I'm third generation construction we don't often get that opportunity in in Mm -hmm. our communities and so building that in is what we're real that's my mission it's like how to keep you from failing or redefining what fail looks like when you're on a glass cliff and so that's what I started working on this year that is going to push through as we continue to see more and more layoffs in the coming months. Amazing. That's all I got. That's wonderful. Yeah. What about you, Erin? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, actually, we've got a few. Um, so for Zephyr, uh, we are five years old. We just had our fifth year anniversary. Thank you. I'm so excited. But um, a word that actually was spoken the other day, and I wrote it down because it was just sort of like resonated. I haven't settled on it for 2023, but it still would be applicable as breakthrough. And I think that we're at a point where we need to break through some things so that we can have a bigger impact and then serve more people. And, you know, we really change lives with the work we do. And we just really want to change more and more and more. Like it's just, it's like infectious and we just thrive on it. And my team, 
I mean, the way it feels when you make that great match and they're both just so excited, the employer's excited, the employee's excited, and it's just like, you know, it's a great marriage. Um, and, you know, and we just want to do more of that. So we need to sort of break through this sort of like start, it's sort of startup y thing, you know, kind of whatever toddler phase we're in. And we need to just get it, get it traction and going. Um, and personally, I, want to, I really want to start working on um, changing the conversation that we're having about employers and employees, us versus them. And I want to help facilitate this is a we and we're in a partnership. And we yeah, right, Michelle, like, we got to change this. And it's already happening. I really believe that with the pandemic and just with this new generation and um, so many things are changing. And I, I felt like as a, you know, a Gen Xer, I was born a, a number of decades, like too early. I have been talking about this since I was, you know, like first entered the workforce. I did not understand the we versus them kind of mentality. I didn't get it. I still don't. So we need to become partnership, you know, partners and creating and, and driving whatever the company's mission is forward together and become partners in that. And employers really have got to step up and make a difference and change their mindset around their employees. And that's that's so that's who I'm talking to more. Um, you know, I think that they've got to there's there's a lot of work that has to get done with employers. And I love employers. I'm an employer. I love everybody. You know, this is not about blame. It's not about shame. It is not about guilt. It is about it's just time to make a change. You know, we need to change. Um, so I'm, my personal mission and what I talk about on podcasts, what I talk about on whatever platforms I'm on, that's what I want my conversation to be about. So that's the breakthrough I'm, I'm hoping to make in 2023. Love it. Um, that's my word for 2023 as well. Is it really? Maybe I heard it from you, Deborah. It came from somebody said it very recently. And when they did, I just like immediately wrote it down. I was like, I think that's my word. So it, it was it was one of those things where um, you look at the graph and you see mm -hmm. the first four words that, that come to you are your words for next year. And oh. I think I had um, strength and connection. I don't remember what the other one was, but the moment I said a breakthrough uh, or that I saw it and read it, I'm like, that's it. Because we're in... I. I know everybody was calling it the new normal. I've been calling it the next normal for the mm -hmm. last year because our normal is going to continue to change. And I think right. we're at least at a point where I don't want to say we can get comfortable because I don't think that is ever going to happen again. But to look toward the future, what's next? Mm -hmm. And when we are driven, when we want to make impact, when we want to help, it's getting to those, you know, we don't all have to make big impact. I want to, you all, you both want to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's in, in Michelle District Breakthrough is a powerful word for 2023. I think Aaron and I can share it with everybody. If you're watching, add it to your list of words, because I yeah. think the more people who are forward thinking, the sooner we are going to get to what the world's going to be next. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And um, Michelle said her word is alignment, yeah. which helps with the breakthrough. Exactly. So one of the other things I do is I, I talk about goal setting simplified, but I also talk about pre-event planning when you're going to conferences 
you know, looking at them as opportunities. So who can I meet? What can I learn? How do I use that to up-level my skill set, but my relationships? And I think alignment falls very quickly in with that as well, because we can't reach our goals on our own. We need our people. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the blessings I think of the pandemic is that we've met more people, but not just about meeting the people, but having the conversations and deepening those connections. Did you have more to say about alignment, Michelle? I got excited and tangent it. I I like breakthrough. (laughs) I, I really like breakthrough. I think alignment for me it's on so many different levels. So we're, we're talking about aligning our programs and our services to the needs of the women, but at the same time, aligning it with employers. And so I love what Aaron was mm-hmm. talking about. It, it's not adverse. You don't have to be adverse, adversarial to each other when it comes to employees and employers is really a partnership. And oftentimes it's like, oh, you know, they're going to treat me like a child or like, I don't know what I'm doing, but they don't know what they're doing. And they're trying to steal from us. And it's like, hold on. Can we talk about these? Like, can we go into therapy? And and I've been having some conversations specifically around like return to office, like people's productivity is down. I remember having this discussion a couple of weeks ago. I was at an in-person conference and, uh, you know, it was a panel and I was like, oh, I'm going I'm to say something different than every the other two women on the panel. I said, I think it's the employer's fault. They said, what do you mean? I said, I need you to check on your people. I said, how many of your people? I said, I don't know. I grew up in a household where both my parents worked part time jobs in addition to their full time job because employers did not pay them enough to take care of the family. I said, but you didn't mind their productivity when they had to work a second job. But now that they're at home and they're happier working their productivity is down. I need you. I said, it's been three years. They've lost loved ones. Uh, Somebody could be in an abusive relationship. They may need to come back into the office to get away from that abuse. I said, but you aren't even talking to your people. Why? And it's just, well, we're looking at the numbers. I'm an engineer. I look at the numbers too. But when I worked in construction and I could look at, you know, the productivity of a crew go out. I could like, you need to make the crew work better. Go out and see who's managing and how they're being managed. Is their equipment always breaking down? It's not their responsibility to get the equipment. I need to go talk to their management team. Like, why don't they have the right equipment? Why are they missing materials? Why are they always losing material? You have to address and own some of that as managers and not be, it, it wasn't the fact that their productivity is down. It's the fact oftentimes managers do not know how to manage remote teams remote people. Mm-hmm. They didn't right. even know how to manage them in the office because they were not right. trained. It was right. just, I'm just going to do what this other person did. They were already, a, they're a bad manager, so you're replicating more bad management. And it's, it's really saying, hey, let's take a step back, ask them what they need, make sure your management team is getting the right training in order to be able to help your employees. And it's such a disconnect. Do as I say, or we don't really care, you're gone. And you don't have that same power to say that even in layoffs because guess what they may not even bother coming back they're really not that sad about the job they just didn't leave on their terms but they had planned on leaving anyway so yeah it, it you still you, you think you have power now in a layoff you really may not because guess what 
you're still talking about you. That's all I would tell employers. They're still talking about you and really encouraging more employers to stick to hybrid or completely remote because they're going to win. The war on talent, which is yeah. not really a war on talent, is really on who has the better culture. That's yes. Really Thank you, Michelle. So, yes. So, that, so that's what I mean by alignment. Aligning with employers to understand they need to talk to their people. They need to understand what they pe- their people need at all levels and how best to train their people to deliver what their people need. And it's, it's all and making it human again. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big, big disconnect. Um, and so we could always I could talk about this all day, obviously, because yeah, I too. do. <laughs> Michelle, I've been like wanting to jump in like 10 times. I so hear you. Yes. I, I mean, really nothing. Just more of a just it, it, I concur, Michelle, 100 percent, 100 percent. And we feel that way about this with the recruiting experience, right? Like the recruiting experience for so, forever has been so interrogative. So like, you know, you are guilty until until you prove me you're innocent. Like that's the approach, right, that has been taken. Prove to me that you're good enough for this job. Prove to, like, so one-sided, such a power game. And, you know, we do, we have, we are flipping that. We're, you know, very much in the way that we recruit. It's quite the opposite. We really listen to candidates. We try to hear, give the candidates a voice. You know, I don't want to go too far down that road, but it, it all needs to change, you know, big time. And so I love hearing that you are also on a similar mission with similar beliefs about this girl. We are going to be talking about this in five years again and together, maybe here, I don't know, somewhere and, and it will be different. The employer, the employees really are finally standing up and saying they want better and more and culture matters. The culture fit thing is a really big, big deal. And employers, I think especially our clients in particular, which is giving me so much hope because every year we're growing anywhere between 30 and 50%, which just means that many more employers are coming to us saying, we're trying to create a great place to work. We really want great employees. We are trying to do it differently. And those are the people who we work with. And it is making such a huge difference. And again, that partnership is what's happening. And, you know, like we, we have a key, key employee, my key employee is leaving us and it's for all good reasons but it is huge loss for us. And instead of just going, okay, we're just going to go hire someone. I'm like, I am talking to my team and I like, what do you want in this next person? What do you think we need? Who? Cause this is a leader. This is like my leadership person who runs the company for me. Like it's huge. And I'm like, I don't want to just go be the person to hire them or figure out who we need. I want my whole team to partner with me to create the vision. This is an opportunity for us to bring in someone new and different and what do you all want? What do you need? You know, what, what, it, 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 like, that's the partnership part, right? That we've got to start mm-hmm. do, changing, changing that relationship at work. Stop blaming each other. It gets us nowhere. And yeah. I, I always think of change as opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that rabbit hole. Um, and Aaron will be in February. We're going to do a deep dive into the future of work. <laughs> so perhaps, Michelle, you would like to come back. As yes. well, I would love yes. to. Yes, I'd all yes. yes. Excellent. Yeah. I had a feeling you'd say yes, and and this is how the <laughs> of these shows go, which is right. This this is, you know, my pleasure. I get to bring cool people together, and we don't know where the conversation is going to go, but that is the beauty of bringing together people who don't know each other yet, but need to. So yeah. there we go. Okay. Yeah. Michelle, watch for, for that invite. 
Um, because so in January is New Year, New You, and February is all about love and being a heart centered and focused in creating these wonderful spaces, whether it's at work, at home. Well, you'll just have to you just have to tune in and see what else I've got cooking um, in the new year. This is such a wonderful conversation. At this point, well, actually, usually like 10 minutes ago, because we got on this really great tangent, (laughs) which I love. Um, I would love for both of you to gift a goal to those who are listening. So something that they could do today, tonight, tomorrow, to hone in on their mission, or even to create more impact, because this has definitely been a nice intertwining of those two super powerful words. So um, goal, Erin? Okay, so I was thinking about this. Thank you for giving me the heads up because I don't know if I could have pulled this out but, um, on the off the cuff. But um, especially for those who are working on creating your mission, right? Like you maybe don't feel like you have it quite aligned. You're not quite sure what your mission should be. Um, one of the things that I did, an exercise I did once that was very helpful to me is um, I, I have found that anger, <laughs> which is kind of interesting, but my anger often gives me lots of clues about what matters to me, right? So what I did once is I took time and I looked back at my life and I kind of wrote out, I didn't have to tell full stories, but just what mattered to me, what I needed to know about different moments or events or situations I was in where I was really moved to anger and not just like simple anger, like, oh, I was mad at the guy who cut me off on the freeway. I mean, big anger. And I maybe even it led me to um, an action like quitting a job ending a relationship with someone, whether it was a friendship or even a family member relationship or, a, um, or a, an actual romantic relationship, you know, like big movements where I was like, I was so angry. It was like, I'm not putting up with this anymore, you know, or whatever it might be. And I wrote those few things down, you know, for some of us, it might be a laundry list. And for others, it might be two or three. It doesn't matter how many. Um, but I think that then you look at that and you're going to look at that list for patterns and you're going to look at for common themes. And in those patterns and in those common themes are going to be clues to what your core values and your mission are. And we didn't talk about core values, but your mission and core values are very aligned. Going to your, your word, Michelle, you know, they need to be aligned, right? So I found that exercise to be very helpful to me. So that is my gift for, for all of you. When you see the things that you're angry about written down, mm-hmm. which I love, always have to write things down because it's very difficult to rearrange things in your brain with your hands. Um, Right. But to look at the reason why you're angry. Oh, well, Mm -hmm. this happened. And that's against what I believe in. So I I see how that can be a really powerful way to identify the things that get under your skin Mm -hmm. and to see it's, it's like a magnifying glass. Right. So it is. Yeah. And it's a first step, right? Because like my mission of, of, you know, like sharing stories for impactful shift, things like that, was definitely a part of values about being heard and seen, seeing and hearing others, you know, those kinds of things like the humanitarian side of me that just really wanting to help uplift people. Like when I looked at times when I was angry, that's the themes that were coming up was, you know, like I actually 
I yelled at an old boss. I have lots of great work stories. But I, I came right out and yelled at one of my old bosses because she was literally verbally abusing one of my coworkers, like in front of everybody, embarrassing the heck out of her, really shaming her in front of everybody. And I just couldn't stand for it. And I actually, you know, just went right up to her and was like, you cannot talk to people like that. You know, you've got and and I, you know, and she was like, "You're gonna, you know, like you're all in trouble." I was like, "Where you've had it, I'm, I'm, I'm gone." But, um, but you know, like that, looking back at that and writing that down and writing down some of my others, it was like, okay, there was this common theme of standing up for others who weren't capable of standing up for themselves for whatever reason in that moment, or you know, just getting really angry about the way other people are treated when it's unfair and it isn't just. Well, okay, those themes are like that has to be a part of my mission. Right. Whatever my mission is, it, that has to be interwoven. I'm not going to go and, you know, have a mission of, I don't know, like creating some farming related emission or something like that, because it doesn't matter to me. Right. Like that stuff doesn't drive me. It's it's this thing. So I think that's why the, the exercise can be so impactful and help you hone in on your mission. I think that's really fantastic. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Michelle, what goal would you like to gift? I would gift something that came up early, which was doing things in bite-sized pieces, 15 minutes at a time. And so often we go into overwhelm, like, oh my God, it's so much to learn. And you're like, I don't know where to start. So start with Google. It could be a YouTube channel that pops up. It could be a podcast that pops up and just start listening to those things and have a notepad, whether it's on your smart device or an actual notepad, have a five-star notepad in a pen next to me. Because this way you're taking notes and you're starting to build out an outline and you'll start in really 30 days. Go back and look at all the notes you've taken, how much you've learned, and then start building a plan because you, you don't want to stay in the education mode, right? You want to take that education and go to some action. And so now that you've learned maybe... ABC, but you still have 23 more alphabets, you can do something in the next 30 days with the ABC. Now you're learning EFG the second month while you're implementing ABC. And and you continue this process. And by the time you get to the end of the year, 12 months, 12 months later, you've learned all 26 alphabets and now you've got it to some of the numbers, right? And so it's really important to not always stay in education, but also to take that education and put it into action. And that action still is very small, small things you can do. Um, it could be writing letters. It could be sending a tweet. It could be making a phone call. But it's something that does still, again, it takes 15 minutes. And you can take that, you know, I'm, I was doing education for 15 minutes, but I need five minutes to take action and 10 minutes for education. Then that's what you spend. And you can keep it in there and it doesn't have to be large. Again, something we talked about earlier, but you want to convert education to action little by little and not continuously stay in the education mode for K through 12 when it's better because you get bored and you're like, I didn't ever do it. Start taking action sooner than later. Usually after about 30 days, you want to be in some type of action. One question. What are we, what is the goal of the education? Finding your impact? Yeah. So, yeah, it's finding you want, you have realized that mission you want to, that goal that you want to achieve. You aren't sure, like, I don't know if I want to do something in a, 
Spanish speaking country. I don't know how to speak Spanish. Where can I go to learn to speak Spanish? Okay, now that you've learned alone on an app, how do you know that Spanish is really working? Right? So maybe you're calling your bank or someplace else where they have to give you instructions in Spanish. They're going to give you somebody to talk to about your bank account in Spanish. And so it's like, oh, that you can practice it in so many different ways, but you but you can't just study Spanish for a year and never talk to anybody. You're only mm-hmm. talking to the app. You have to go out like, no, where because Spanish speaking speaking countries from Europe to South America to Latin, they're all different. They some of them speak way faster than others. Certain words you're going to misinterpret. So it's very important to kind of get into the right frame of where you're going to go and speak the Spanish. And you won't know until you start to actually put it in action. So you want to take figure out what that goal is, find um start figuring out what where you need to learn, maybe where you need to start. If you're like my mother, she took French two before she took French one. Yeah. <laughs> but she got an A in French two. I don't know. That's she's she, that was my mother in the sixties in college, but it can still work. It can still happen. And so, just think about what are those things you can do um, that makes it easier for. I don't know. She was a freshman. Maybe she had nothing else to do. So, French she worked out for. <laughs> but really, just doing things in bite-sized uh, pieces that are and and just keeping in action to to reach that end goal. Yeah. So stay educated and in action to create the life you want, which is really why we set goals, because we want to embrace change, move forward and have this wonderful life we desire. Absolutely. It's within your reach, whether it's in bite-sized pieces or or hunks of pieces. And it starts with really, I think, getting real. uh, And I love how these goals work hand in hand. Get real about what drives you, what you're all about. And then think about, explore your options, as I say in Deb speak, what that means for you and do things a little bit at a time. And I love to interject, interweave education with the action. So really wonderful recipe to start 2023 on the right path. Um, thank you so much, Michelle and Aaron. Where can people learn more about you, Michelle? You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Michelle C. Hayward, and you can always go over to our website, positivehire.co. It is not a .com. The, um, so the M is in Michelle, not in her URL. So but it's positive hire, like you hire somebody, H-I-R-E dot C-O. Amazing. And I will have that in the recap, which if you go to the debmethod.com slash blog, the recap for this and the previous episodes, and I will have your websites as well as your LinkedIn there as well. And Erin, where can people find you? Well, same thing. LinkedIn is always a great place. It's Erin Longmoon. There are pretty much no others, so it's pretty easy to find. Um, and then our website at Zephyr Connects with an S at the end.com. And you can reach me directly through the website. You can also learn all about us that way as well. Fantastic. Um, and if you are tuning in live or the replay and you want to share your mission and your big goal for 2023, please do so. Um, And if you don't, write it down for yourself and look at it and just keep moving towards it. Your life is your choice. 
We know you can do it. Go on out there, go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.